No need for sarcasm. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to tip a taxi driver while he's looking the other way and lifting from the knees? <laughs> We're coming to you from the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today. On my left, he's the sweetheart of Her Majesty's Armed Forces. It's Michael Legg. <laughs> And with him, you might say, blimey, Michael Owen has let himself go. If Michael Owen hadn't already let himself go, it's Jason Manfred. You're still, you're still doing well there, Jason. My own joke. To be my own joke being used against me. <laughs> and on my right, she's an actress who will one day have played all of our mothers. It's Margaret Cable Smith. <laughs> Screw you. And with her, she's like a masculine David Bowie. It's Sarah Pascoe! <laughs> As the nun said to the bishop, let's get this fucking thing started, shall we? The importance of being white. In this round, like tourists in a Syrian caravan park, we find ourselves in a minefield. <laughs> I'm going to set each team a knotty problem and they must tell me what is the right thing to do according to Skynet's mum, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and Jason, this is for you. In a scenario that appears to suggest Danny Boyle is the creator of the universe, you find yourself running away from a horde of one-armed, sunburnt, Indian, heroin-addicted beach bum zombies. You head to the nearest building, which is like an office or something. The heroin zombies follow you. You head up onto the roof. They follow you. The only way to keep going is to jump onto the roof of the next office block. But what is the right way to jump across from building to building, according to the worst-case scenario survival handbook? Carefully. <laughs> well, what's the distance? I mean, that, uh, for me, that'd be a major influence on how I was going to jump. How far can you jump? Definitely, like, like maybe 12 <laughs> inches. <laughs> I, re I reckon zombies can jump that far. Well, I don't know enough about them. I mean, yeah. I don't okay. think they're real. But, I mean, if they were... Oh. No, no, if they but were... Why are you running, then? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you what? athletic at all? What do you think? <laughs> Even in a podcast, you can hear I'm overweight. <laughs> I haven't run since 1986. <laughs> a very dangerous and persuasive band, Tears for Fears. <laughs> if you were being wow. pursued by someone, would you, uh, would you run away or would you stand and fight? Well, I mean, I suppose you've got to think, right, how many zombies are there? Because I think when they bite you, don't you become one? And I very much... I like just being friendly with the majority. So... I just like to please everyone. So I would just say, do you know what? Fuck it, it sells more tickets. Fucking bad. Is it it's something like take a run-up, isn't it? I imagine That's it's something basic. like aim for a building lower than the one you're on. That would be my I think my it's a trick first. question. I think everyone knows that zombies are only killed by a sharpened spike... And so, actually, if you were going to use a broom to, like, elevate you over onto the next building, you should actually just use that to get into the brain of the zombie and then the other zombies. And then Why have you got a broom with you anyway? So. No, I found it. Oh! It was the <laughs> Janitor was up there, wasn't he, and he'd left it. Yeah, and then it just all yeah he was off. sweeping up the roof. He thought, there's no point fucking tidy this now. Look, the world's gone to shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> may as well just leave me broom here. <laughs> That's what happened, wasn't it? Yeah, he just killed himself. <laughs> he just jumped off because he was scared. But I'm not scared. I used the broom, I killed the zombies, I won the quiz. <laughs> you can cover yourself in zombie blood 
and then have a, just have a wander for, and then just go, just pretend you're one for a yeah, bit. Yeah, I think that might work. I think that works. Yeah. I think I've seen that in a documentary yeah. once. So rather than... <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. Okay, is it feasible to jump ten feet, which is about three metres? Down? Uh, across. Oh, across. <laughs> when, when they do that long jump at the Olympics, yeah. even with the hop, skip and a jump, they're only getting to about eight, seven or eight, and they're probably better than us. <laughs> Producer Ben, what is the actual answer? I reckon I'm going to give Jason a point for this. Two half points. Um, Two half points? That's a point. Yeah. Uh, so, according to the worst case scenario survival handbook, most people cannot jump farther than 10 feet, even at a full run. Um, run at full speed towards the edge, you'll need 40 to 60 feet of running room to develop enough speed to clear about 10 feet. Check your target building, make certain you have enough space to land and roll. Uh, is it lower than your building? Because uh, I think it would be easier if it's lower, so half point for that. Um, but you risk broken ankles or legs if it's more than one storey difference. If it's two storeys or more, you risk a broken back. Oh, happy, happy. <laughs> Margaret and Sarah, mm. you have just won an Oscar. Have we? I know. Between us? Yeah. <laughs> your agent has thus decided to throw a party in your honour, but her taste in people is atrocious and mm. the place is full of really tedious buffoons. Oh. So... What is the right way to shake off a boring person at a party, according to debretts.com? Right, well, number one, as we all know, boring is as boring does. And if you're finding somebody else boring, it means you're boring. Mm. Only, anyone is only as boring as the question you ask them. Mm. So if someone comes over... <laughs> Prime example. Michael Legg is a boring yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We've all heard him <laughs> go, oh, I hate this, I don't like that. Michael Legg, Michael Legg. I've but, got psoriasis. But, What's boring about that? <laughs> the amount of chicks I've got just by flaking on them. <laughs> but, but you can ask anyone a question that might make them interesting, such as, what do you think happens when we die? Or what are you living for? I don't think anyone can give a boring answer no, to that they, question. No, then they you have can, a fun so. party. So if you're everyone... at a party and someone turns to you and goes, what are you living for? <laughs> that must happen to you all no, the time. They think you're boring, yeah. <laughs> I did actually, um, I talked to uh, not so much a boring man as an almost silent man. And I just sort of said everything I knew and then, and then I just started talking shit and then I really really panicked I just sort of ran out of shit to say it was about sort of 18 or whatever and then I ended up saying well you know Dylan I probably shouldn't say his name well you know well you know Dylan if, if you weren't a taken man and then I suddenly thought oh my god I'm going to have to actually sleep with this man <laughs> And they end up marrying this man simply to get out of this awful, awful conversation. Is that right? Is that what Debrett said? <laughs> Jason, you're a people person. Do you have to talk to boring people? Um, well, you know, yeah. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because people don't think they're boring, but they do often say the same thing. So this happens a lot where people go, oh, can you get a picture? And because you, you're a nice person, you go, yeah, of course you can. And then they give me the camera. And then, they, and then them and their dad have a good old laugh, and I go, oh, that's great. That's, I've, that literally, Do you that, get that yeah, and you go, oh that, my God. someone's done that every day of my tour. And, and every, and every For the same go, person, oh. maybe you should avoid them. Yeah. I go, fuck off, Dylan. <laughs> then I had to sleep with him just so he stopped doing it. He was all right, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I tell you, the worst people at, at parties, I think, are, you know, it was a comic, you, you, you naturally 
just start telling stories and, 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 and you often a little crowd will gather like five or six people and you'll be like oh I've got stories because I'm genuinely I've got rid of my shit stories and I've only got good ones left because <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it on stage and then there'll be somebody who is usually the funniest person in the room before you got there and they will just think you're you know <laughs> Never have it's a different world. <laughs> and their nose is put out the joint a little bit. And often what happens is they'll come over and they'll go, I don't even know who you are. This I've had this couple of, I don't even know who you are. And I and I it's always a bit weird. And afterwards I think to myself, you fucking do. Because how long is your day? If you're just going around telling people <laughs> who you don't know who they are, you don't know who they are. Just I don't know who you are, I don't know who you are, I don't know who you are. <laughs> it's really weird. So I avoid parties for that reason. But I think people are generally interesting so I don't find I, there think is, there, I think there's something interesting to everyone if you yeah like, everyone's childhood is interesting everyone has a secret they don't want to talk about everyone has a dark history how really. do you get that out of someone at a party 20 questions yeah. <laughs> is it socially acceptable to yawn in their face how close <laughs> really close like, like, like as if you're going to eat it well yeah no that's sort of what happened with me and Dylan you know and then <laughs> uh, I don't think happened. it is acceptable I think it's really passive aggressive because you're not allowed to hit someone who's yawned <laughs> <laughs> I think a yawn can become a kiss that's all I'm <laughs> so optimistic producer Ben what is the actual answer okay Debrett says the ennui that your experience when you're forced to listen to a boring conversation can be quite excruciating. Some people have been known to pour wine over themselves in a desperate attempt to escape the bore of the pie. Um, if you have to escape the bore, the first thing is at all costs to disguise the physical manifestations of boredom, so no yawning. Point to Sarah. The easiest, politest escape is to listen silently uh, for a few minutes and then say, how fascinating, but please don't let me monopolise you. Tap the next door person and introduce them before making a swift exit. <gasps> but they have a better one. If you've lost all hope of escape, embrace the situation and try to outbore the bore. With not a, with not a, this is Debrett. With not a thought for politeness, wrench the conversational initiative away from them and start ranting about a subject close to your own heart. It's cathartic to get stuff off your chest, and with any luck, you'll scare them off. That's what Margaret did. You talked about yourself for ages. <laughs> Point to uh, Margaret. Is it? Uh, producer Ben, what are the scores at the end of that round? Sarah and Margaret got two, Michael and Jason got one. under our panel act all agony auntie to the audience however to stretch their auntie hamstrings I've got a real life poser for them to solve first so Michael can you read this out please I'd love to dear agony aunt I have a dilemma about my best friend when we were kids we were both underachievers however since then I've had several good jobs while he has struggled to keep work or money due to his fondness for soft drugs alcohol and general partying I am now moving back to my hometown where he still lives after being away for 20 years. The question is, how much do I get involved with him when I go back? Sharing a flat is out due to his inability to pay his bills, as is any thought of building a business together. <laughs> I have asked several mutual friends for advice and all have said... Uh, and all ha- I, can't, I can't read, I'll try that again. I have asked several mutual friends for advice and all have said to have has... And that's the end. Right. Dear Agony Aunt, I can't read. I have asked several mutual friends for advice and all have said... Why can't I fucking read this bit? They should, they should, they should do put it on yellow paper Just do the last bit. 
I have asked several mutual friends for advice and all have said to have as little to do with him as possible. But he is, or at least was, my best friend. What should I do? Number one. Oh, God, no, I feel sorry for him. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jason read it in a Your bit of a pathetic voice. <laughs> well, that's why I'm the voice of the Churchill adverts. <laughs> Number one, there's a lot of sexual chemistry going on. This is one of those homoerotic stories you hear about. Oh, I'm very critical of my friends. Sometimes he gets changed in front of me. I don't want to start a business. I've all been there. I've all been there. You know, this isn't my problem. So where's this from? I don't know where this is from. What's the... This is just a letter just that's been sent to an agent. Oh, I see, so right. What would, what would your advice be to this young so this... man? You know, he's got a friend from 20 years ago. They were both underachievers. But that's not a friend if you're that critical of someone. That's not a friendship. No, I would say they're not everything. friends. He just, he yeah. just comes around every so often and asks him for help. I don't know why he yeah. just won't help him. I don't know who these other mutual friends are. Yeah, What's, okay. That's not a mutual friend if they're saying, stay away from that prick, because <laughs> they're your friends. They're not, they're not both of your friends, are they? <laughs> I would suggest. We've all got friends we hate, though, yeah? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. What friends of yours do you hate? I don't think Michael has any friends he likes, do you? Go on. Might be one, two. Is it me? Yeah. Yay! Oh. I win. <laughs> I'm so sarcastic. It's pretty <laughs> Michael, have you got any friends you'd want to start a business with? <laughs> Jason, start a business with you. I feel like I've suddenly become a dragon. <laughs> I'm out. Michael, <laughs> Michael, I would start a business with you. Do you know what we would do? Because oh, we then. live quite near each other. Yeah. We could do <coughs> dog walking and petting service for people who are too busy to look after their pets properly. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, and exactly. But you know I'm quite hopeless. Well, I'll do the admin and you do the stroking oh. of the dogs. <laughs> we, wouldn't we have a nice time? I do a lot of stroking during the day. It's mainly a, how I get through. So, yeah. in, a, in a similar way, my friend Zoe, who also doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's fine, she and Danielle were once going to do a business called Hand Jobs for the Homeless, where they, um, where they were, went around in a van. I believe the idea was to give hand jobs through letterboxes. That's so why you never it wasn't the home That's what? why it's not the home. No, it's because your home, then they're oh, coming around to you. Oh, I see. I thought you just literally you pulled up and put a door. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then they just put a Just to the rub it in, yeah. 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 Remember these doors? I would suggest that the homeless are definitely not something you should aim a business at. <laughs> <laughs> on a serious note, I don't think a friendship will last when money's involved. So I don't think he should go to business with him at all because it's, it's wrong. It's no, just, the business, I think, the I think seems... no one can be happy unless the people around them are happy. Especially but not have a this business person seems to care a lot. I'm not necessarily saying start a business with them, but if he can influence him positively based on his own life and say, lead by example, oh, I used to work in the co-op, um, I know has a stack stuff. Did you used to work in co-op? No, I didn't. I was acting. Oh. <laughs> it was convincing, was though, wasn't it? it was Thank really good. Really if I was going to work for any supermarket, it would be co-op. <laughs> Let's go over to producer Ben, who has the actual agony aunt answer. Well, uh, a half point to Jason, I think, because they're pretty harsh. <laughs> half a point. Well, they're pretty harsh. It's a, they say literally 
This guy's a loser. And although it sounds like you were too a few years back, you've since made good. So my advice is not how to stay friends with him, it's not to. Life's too short to waste it on idiots. Oh, is that A.A. Gill? It's a New Zealand book <laughs> 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 It's not because we only heard one side of the story. There is that, yeah. Yeah, yeah also we didn't but the know other one can't the other letters, the yeah, aren't The other letter's so. like, oh, this old friend from school's coming back to our hometown. I've been living it up with soft drugs and general parties. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone to harsh to my buzz. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Like> that! <laughs> <laughs> So now you've got your agony auntie iron, let's unleash some problems from tonight's audience. <laughs> oh, I have is... one here. Is Rob Taylor in? Yep. Rob Taylor's problem is, how do I stop my recently divorced sister-in-law using me as her new odd job man? Oh. In brackets. Oh. Not in all meanings of the word. And um, his girlfriend has asked to stress that. Yes. Yeah. So Why? How, how odd are these jobs? <laughs> how odd are they? Just a bit of DIY. She did a bit of DIY around the house because she's not got a fella there. Exactly. That what's and she had one before that used to do all those. Handy. Oh, gosh, yeah. So what sort of jobs are you happy to do, Rob? Um, curtain rails yeah. that I'm down... Actually, I'm are, you, are you local to the W6 area of London? Afraid <laughs> <laughs> not. No, that could because, be. Oh, OK. She okay. expects oh, me to travel 130 miles I'm anyway, I'm so... Wow. 130 miles to put up a curtain rail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Are you good at DIY? Well, the curtain pole has fallen down, so perhaps that's an advert. <laughs> Just keep fucking it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on, we're not taking this account. It's 130 miles away. Did she pay you any and petrol she money? To, just ask her to put Google handyman in my area and something will come up and but she can it sounds like she wants it. to see people that she knows. She's recently divorced. Actually, it's not about the curtain Oh, rail. you think it's about company? Yeah. I think it is. Well, just say, come round for a brew, then. She's not going to come round for a brew. Bring your drill. That's what I always say. Whereabouts does she live? We could put a shout-out. Yes. For any single men area. Preston. Any DIYers in Preston? Preston. Yes, brilliant. And he looks quite muscly, to be honest. He's single as well. Look at those bums. Are you quite handy with a drill and a screwdriver? No, I can be, though. Yeah. I'm sorry, recently divorced, you say? (laughs) (laughs) Rob, who would you like to award your points to? Over here, I think. Yes, I think this has never happened to me. Yay! (laughs) I think you meant Sarah. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) Is Simon here? Simon's problem is, I met a girl recently who is obviously far out of my league. Inexplicably, she has shown an interest in me, but now I'm concerned she's going to turn around and shout, only joking, should I go for it, or am I heading for a fall? Simon! You can't avoid a fall, that's caring about someone. You just have to jump, actually. Jump on her. <laughs> That's what no, Sarah no, Mike, said. No, it's no, Michael, fine, I really don't think it is. <laughs> I would, I would say that uh, you just got to go for it and trust her. And in relationships, the lows are so low because the highs are so high. Yeah. So, Why do you think she's gonna go? Ah. Yeah. Because she's like nine years younger than me, and like. Oh, well, hang on. How old are you? Hang on. Hang on. Right. Okay, this is now not a, not a sweet story anymore. Yeah, you look 16, okay? This yeah. is bad. That, that, that's very kind. How old? I'm 33. Okay. okay. We're all right, well, back guys. to comedy, We're everybody. Right. Yeah. That was close. That was like the worst. I've it was almost the worst so peanut ball in the world. <laughs> ah, 
shit, I've done it again. Simple math gets me every time. You're totally hot. Contacting Don't worry about someone. it. Contact you are, seriously. Yeah. You're mainly in shadow from where I am. But, you know, you look hot and 16. Well, you know, uh, there, there's nothing bad about that. Okay, this makes me look bad. This... <laughs> Simon, who would you like to give your points to? Well, I'm kind of torn because Margaret said I was hot and looked 16, <laughs> but then Jason was really nice just now as well, so... One each. So, so give it to me, yeah, prick. You can't give it to me. It means nothing. It means nothing. I've gone off you. <laughs> a round of applause for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's check the scores. Producer Ben? Uh, Michael and Jason have got two and a half. Uh, Margaret and Sarah have got four. Yes! Well, I'm pleased to say it's time once again to get someone on the show who knows what they're talking about. It's time to ask the experts. Ask, 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 ask. In this round, I need our panel to think like experts, which won't be easy with the Catholic and the vegan dragging them down. Each team has to second guess what our expert guest thinks is the right thing to do in certain situations. So let's welcome today's expert, Hotel Manager Paul. Yay! Hello, Paul. Hello. What hotel do you manage? I manage a hotel, you probably don't know, it's a small one, uh, in the West End of Edinburgh. Nice place. You're all welcome. <laughs> well, we don't know what it is. <laughs> well, how far is it up on TripAdvisor? 63 out of 350. That's pretty good. Oh, You're in the top half. That's what it's all about. That's pretty good. Have you ever had a famous person stay at your hotel? He's looking if you upset. have to think about it, it's no. Yeah, yeah. I had that Alistair McGowan in the back of my hotel once. Oh, that's good. Yeah. In the we back, he wouldn't let him in. Are you sure the, it wasn't uh... someone doing an impression of us? <laughs> 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 Technically, you had about 400 celebrities then. <laughs> right, so panel, in a moment, you're going to have to second-guess what Paul would do in some hotel-based situations, Ooh. but before that, you've got a chance to ask him some questions and get to be a better judge of his character. Okay. So has anybody got questions for Paul? What's the worst thing that you've walked in on? <gasps> Everything happens in hotels. That lady knows. <laughs> it's very easy not to walk in on them when they're making so much noise. Oh. But what if the, the quiet ones are the worst? Oh, the quiet ones. Yeah, but you walked in on anything quiet. Yep, and walked straight back out again. <laughs> All right. Okay. But how much did you see? Did you see anything going in anything? <laughs> going right in now. anything? You know what I'm talking about, Margaret. No. <laughs> Remember Dylan? <laughs> Have you ever found anything unusual? There was a bullwhip last week. Last week? Indiana Jones stayed at your hotel. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it wasn't him. Alison McGowan. Yeah. Alison McGowan. My mum used, uh, used to be a housekeeper at a hotel and she once found a hand. What? <laughs> this explains everything about you, Daniel. <laughs> a prosthetic hand. Someone had left their spare behind. Oh, wow. my God. Did they Gosh. come back to get it? Uh, yeah. 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 You get, basically, you try to get in the car that. and go... You need oh, that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just get on with the first yeah. scenario. Yeah. We put Let's do it. Mm -hmm. It's a cold and rainy Saturday night in November and the hotel is quiet. Suddenly, 20 Larry men arrive in reception. They're carrying a party-sized box of WKD and one of them is wearing a bunny rabbit costume. They are a stag party looking for somewhere to stay at the last minute. What would Paul do in this situation? Well, I mean, you have to let them in, don't you? Maybe confiscate the WKD. 
in November. I think you just you have to. I, I was going to say you'd have to snap the hand off, but that's already been done. <laughs> <laughs> I, think you, I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? No, I, think, I, think, I think the Paying rabbit customers. costume is the key. So we can do a very polite thing. We're a very small hotel. We don't accept rabbits. Um, is there not a warrant no to go to? It's got a higher rating on TripAdvisor. <laughs> well, how many rooms are at your hotel? 27. And how many men were there? 20. 20, 20. So, I mean, the, I mean, the simple maths there means you've got... <laughs> <laughs> you can do this. Is this supposed to have in a room? And then... There's enough room. What I'm saying is, there's enough rooms for those people, and they're all and they're all going to pay. And then you just tidy up when well, they leave. What about so. other guests complaining about a stag do? But there's not many people noise. there. Uh, well, it's no November, we don't though, know isn't that. it? We no, don't I think know. you'd let them in. And, and if anything, you'd, you'd bring in an extra member of staff to open the bar so you can make as much money as possible. You think he's ruthless? Yeah. I think so. That's I think you'd just go, I can make loads of money here, even if they make a bit of a mess. I think no. I think he'd turn them away politely. Turn them away? Yeah. No way. I think you know. Team, so yeah. what are we going to do? No, I think he'd remember Jesus and go, there's plenty of room at the inn. Put him in a manger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to regret this tomorrow. Jesus thing when there's shepherds all over the place. And <laughs> <laughs> frankincense all over get, the furniture. Yeah. Paul, what did you do in this situation? You have to take them. You can't turn down stag parties because that would be discrimination. Yeah. The same as anything else. So you have to do it. What? No, no it's no, uh, yeah, it's They're not, not human beings. They don't have rights. <laughs> I might have to charge corkage on the WKD. <laughs> <laughs> we are no longer allowed to have a no stags policy. But oh. what you can do is you are allowed to turn stag parties away if you had a really bad one one time. So you're hoping for a really bad one. So this sounds like a perfect opportunity for me. Come on in, bring your wicked with you. <laughs> Follow them around with a camera and just make damn that'd sure you have a joiner you, on hand. That'd be better if you weren't talking about the drink wicked. And you were just going, bring your wicked with you. <laughs> Paul's second scenario, it's August in Edinburgh. And to everybody's surprise, it's really hot and sunny. The rooms in the hotel are getting very muggy because being in Edinburgh, you've never bothered to install air conditioning. And the windows won't open more than 10 centimetres. Or... It's Glasgow that's muggy. Is it? I went there. I'm from Manchester. Fuck you. <laughs> You've searched hard, but the city has sold out of electric fans. One night, the guests mutiny and demand the hotel finds a way to cool them down. What would Paul do in this situation? It's a fantasy scenario. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I can't even picture it. Um, yeah. Ice cubes. Freeze the hotel. Freeze. <laughs> there's no aircon anywhere. There's no. There's not like a really nice. I just, I'd, well, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd say everyone can have 20 minutes in the fridge in the kitchen. So why don't you come down? 20 minutes. Cool yourself down. Quick, get back to bed. The way you cool. Yeah, and also bring all your clothes and your pajamas down. Leave them in there all day. Put all your towels in there. Yeah. I once actually with producer Ben. This is the most rock and roll thing I've ever done in my life. Was we broke into a swimming pool in the middle of the night in a hotel and we were in our underwear um, it wasn't just me and Ben there was a few of us sorry, sorry Ben sorry, sorry but uh, we suddenly sort of realised we didn't have any towels so I don't know how we are going to get dry and one, one of our group suddenly appeared with all of these towels and just said don't ask me where I got them from <laughs> and they were all really cold and to this day I worry that that hotel had a morgue <laughs> 
did you do in this situation? This is a real thing, and I had to spend the day scouring Edinburgh for anywhere that would sell fans. And because I'm smart like that, the last place I went to was the actual fan shop, and they told me that the country had sold out of fans. There were wow. no fans. This complete bollocks. Going, yeah, uh, I said the whole country has sold out of fans. <laughs> you would get a fan in the whole of Europe right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so what did you do? We have cooler rooms on the ground floor, so move people about if we can, the ones who are complaining the loudest. Oh, right. He so does, literally, if you are a complete arsehole, you will get seen to. That's what we've learned. You must know It then. was three in the morning and I had to come up with something fast. Oh, fair enough. Well, thank you very much to expert Paul the Hotel. Well, well, well. Paul, um, has no one going to point out Paul's voice? Wow. It's like the sexiest one? fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't he just sound like everything he does is a little bit handsome and, and exciting. Yeah. My name's Paul, I wake up, I have muesli, I punch a speedboat. Everything <laughs> just sounds fucking amazing. So, uh, before we get to the final round, what are the scores, producer Ben? Uh, Michael and Jason have got three and a half, Margaret and Sarah got four. Yes! Come on! It's just one round to go, it's time to do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! It's the last round, right? In it, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrong thing to do in the following situations. The wrongest person gets to look good in a bikini. The round will end when producer Ben's horn goes off. Right, first one. A duckling mistakes you for their mother, what is the wrong thing to do? Eat all your children. <laughs> You want a water feature in your garden but have no money. What is the wrong thing to do? Just have a piss every night. <laughs> out the window. Michael, you like water features? That's really horrible. That used to be my nickname at school. <laughs> Someone offers you £200 to vote UKIP. What is the wrong thing to do? Give commission to your agent. <laughs> <laughs> you are babysitting a young boy with hiccups. What is the wrong thing to do? Liquidise him and drink him backwards. <laughs> Like a trans-dimensional hallucination, time is up. So, producer Ben, what are the final scores? Michael and Jason have five and a half, but Margaret and Sarah have seven. Yeah. Yeah.